Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us. This is episode six slash seven of the OK Now What show. We'll have Joy Powell on. Uh, full disclosure: This is the second time Joy is on our podcast because the audio got screwed up on episode six, and then we couldn't edit it out. It didn't matter what we did; it didn't sound good. So Joy, out of the kindness of her heart decide to come back so we hope you really like it joy talks about a lot of incredible stories about growth and mindset as a young millennial and how she went through college in three years and then made some great leaps in her life and i hope you guys really like it thanks so much for listening bye man it feels good hey day damn it feels good to be a podcaster Get it? You don't, you neither of you get that. I get that. It's get it. from rap music. What if I say bad words? <clears throat> well, we're explicit, anyways. Yeah, we're so. going to say that we're explicit. We'll put I an E. I don't know if Oprah will be okay with that because I assume mm. she'll be watching this. I'm fairly confident Oprah's dropped a f- couple F bombs in her time. Yeah. I'm going to just tell you that. I mean, I don't have any eyewitness accounts of that. Brene <laughs> Brown might. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Well, big stuff. Big, big stuff has been happening. Episode um, six. We have to redo this one. Uh, last one we did was pre-Christmas. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, I was thinking, let's just launch it anyways. But then we were talking about random Christmas stuff and it's not Christmas time anymore. And the audio was messed up. Joy sounded like she was far away. <laughs> so we wanted to bring her back on. And then Michael had a baby. Yeah. And then he was out of commission because he was on... Uh, paternity leave yeah. for two years. So welcome, yep, Joy Powell, everybody. Joy, I don't hey. know. I could I could put some <laughs> backtrack like clapping there. I don't know what to do. But yes. thank you so much for coming back, Joy. It's a pleasure. Uh, actually, I'm really excited because we I really loved uh, the content we got from you from the first time. You had some really insightful stuff. So you're prepared to remind me what I said. Yeah, we're gonna basically <laughs> go through. I've got a script somewhere around here, and you're gonna re- say verbatim what you said the last episode. Exactly. Perfect. It's, it's in my head. Yeah. This is probably better because the first time we did this, it was early in the morning and mm-hmm. it's freezing cold. Yep. And now we got Damn some cold. warmth. Yeah. And it's not early in the morning. Tequila. Yep. Te- All good stuff. Yeah, perfect. Cool. Well, welcome. Um, yeah, we obviously reached out to you, and um, yeah, because we we you know obviously made a, a call out to anyone that felt like they had some really great okay now what moments, and um, yeah, you stepped right up to the plate. You were the first. "Quote unquote," I volunteer for tribute. Yep, I did it really as a joke for you guys, but here <laughs> oh, I am. Well, here it's going to be the last one was our best episode ever. Yeah, this will work. This one's going to be this one better be <laughs> ten times better. It's going to be even better. Cool. Instead of having the last episode of the year, you now get the first episode. Oh, that's, that's right. Even better. And as yep. I mentioned before, you're our first two-time guest on the show. Boom. Episode six point five. Six point episode six point five unfiltered. So. uh Obviously, the theme of the show is, okay, now what? Uh, Joy, why don't you start off, just give us some context of who you are and uh, you know how you fit into the mold, and then we can talk about some of your okay, now what moments. Um, cool. Well, I'm the director of operations for the best real estate company under Keller Williams yeah. in the state of Texas. Agreed. Shout out to Bobby. In the, the United States. In the United States, okay. absolutely. No. Yeah. <laughs> humble, humble. First in Texas, second in the United States, you know, got to ground ourselves. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yep. Clearly. Um, yeah, that's what I do. 
It's okay. my side job. 23, pretty young. And where, yeah. tell us a little bit about where you're from and uh, a little bit of your background. Um, well, I was born in New Jersey. I lived there for about eight years, spent a year in California, and I've been in Leander, Texas since I was till 10. Ten. Leander, just north of the city. You know what I saw yeah. about Leander? That there was a cougar up there. Yeah, there was. What the hell is that about? I, who Who knows? Lots of construction going on super up north, so they're probably driving out the wild animals. Yeah, but a cougar in Leander? Like, uh, that's not exactly... Uh, like why I wouldn't figure that to be cougar country, but that's really funny because the middle school is actually cougar country. Oh, oh really? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I won't touch that. Uh, cool. So, um, moved it. You went. You went from New Jersey and moved to Texas. Yep, pretty much. And then you went to school at University of North Texas sure. in Denton. Right, and you graduated in three years. I did. Tell me about that. Well, I was kind of tired of school. After yeah. you spend 12 years, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade, you're kind of sick of it. But yeah. everyone tells you either go to college or figure it out. And I was told not to go to college, so I did the opposite and went Why to college. Why were you told not to go to college? It's expensive. Mm. Spend a few years in community college, you know, get yeah. some classes under your belt. But I was too ambitious for that. Yeah. Well, good for you. So University of North Texas, uh, Mean Green? Yep. Mean Green, go Mean Green. I almost forgot there for a second. <laughs> You're like, yep, never set foot in the stadium once. <laughs> I think once or twice, yeah. Right on. So what did you take at school? Um, I studied entrepreneurship. Okay. Oh, right on. So you come by it naturally. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so then power through school. Tell me about that. Um, I took 15 classes a semester or mm-hmm. 15 hours. So 15 classes is a lot. Five, five classes until my last semester. I took six. Mm-hmm. I took summer classes at least two or three a summer. Um, mainly because the more you took, the cheaper they got. Yeah. Um, they, after four classes, they were free. So I just took as many as I could to kind of cheat the system. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I didn't even realize that you mentioned that last time too. That shocks me that you can get a certain amount of education for free. That's crazy. I don't, I don't think that's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it is, but it was offered and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going (laughs) to. The more education, the better. Yeah. And then you had to get the hell out of college. Yeah. Pretty okay. much. So what did you do after that? Because that was one of the things you talked about. I thought that was really compelling is that you didn't know what you wanted to do. You didn't know what you just knew you had to get out of there. And then you headed to California. Yep. Well, entrepreneurship is not really a step out of college and get a job kind of degree. Yeah. You know, you got to kind of figure it out after there. Um, so I had the opportunity to move to California to help my brother with his family as he was deployed to Japan. Yeah. And so... It was literally a Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. And I was like, all right, well, my lease isn't up. My sister's moving into my apartment for me for a month and moving all my stuff back home. And I packed up my car and drove across country. Yeah. And you were 20? I was 20. I was 20. 20 years old. Yep. What's that like? Picking up and moving across country is uh, kind of a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, at 20 years old. Well, and doing it by yourself Mm -hmm. and not really knowing what you're getting yourself into. And I hadn't spent a lot of time with my sister-in-law, so... I was really going into some very unknown territory. Yeah. Um, it was scary. I think that it was thrilling at first. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, cool. I just graduated college literally two weeks ago. Now I've packed up my car and I spent the night in a sketchy hotel in Albuquerque. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> New Mexico. <laughs> Not fun. The no. newest of the Mexicos, just uh-huh. so you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and ev- when everything you own and is valuable to you is in your car in the parking lot, you don't really sleep because you're like, 
I don't know. Like, is someone going to break in my car and steal all my crap? That's what happened to us (laughs) when we moved from Canada to Texas. Uh, Stayed in a couple really shady hotels. One of them was in Casper, Wyoming. And uh, it was like an oil rig type of hotel. There was nothing else available, and it was the only one that would take dogs. And so I we, we parked as close to the window as we could, but all of our possessions were in the back of this truck. And I can't remember... If we had the U-Haul, I can't remember. I just know that I did not sleep a wink. And any time that I heard a car door open, shut, or a horn go off, I was up like, <laughs> like a just a shot. I was just like, "What is that sound? What's going on?" I got no sleep. And of course, the next day I'm supposed to drive 16 hours on zero sleep. Mm. It was a nightmare. Just cracked up on on uh, coffee and uh, tw- uh, that was the only time in my life I've ever had that five hour energy drink. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Those I had three the of them. What? Huh? No, three of them. Yeah, fifteen hours. You're good to go. <laughs> that's valid. That's some good math. Anyway, so uh, well, that's yeah, that's that's super intimidating. Well, yeah, yeah, it was. So, what, what do you think was the most defining part of that entire journey? I think realizing that the the thrill doesn't always last. Yeah. Oh, explain that. I like. Was that. it the thrill that drove you? Um, literally and figuratively. Okay. Um, I was like. You know, you're fresh out of college, and I was hot 20-year-old. It's like, not like as in like I was hot. Anyway, moral story. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> we got no, no, no egos here. I don't really care. I was quickly approaching my 21st birthday, and I was like, like this is, this is it. This is life, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if, if I'm not going to do it now, when am I ever going to do it? So yeah, I, I didn't have a real job. I didn't really have any plans, and I was like... This is it. Let's do it. And what do you think contributed that to that perspective? Because most young people, when they get out of college or are in college, the last thing they think about is like, "This is it." Like, no better time yeah. than now. There's- Especially now, like with the the culture it is now. I mean, you're 20. You probably had other options. Your parents were probably like, "Hey, just come home. We'll be. Yeah. We'll be. You'll be good." Yeah. I mean, most most people coming out of school right now, they they just go back and live at home, or they have some secure job set up around where they want to be. Yeah. For the comfort of it. Um, but instead, you were like, "I got nothing." <laughs> yeah, let's let's go to California. Go I'm going to go be an adult right now, and I'm not even 21. What, where did that spawn from? Uh, I've always been extremely independent, and I think I tr- the the youngness part of me was like, "Okay, get in the car and move to California." But the oldness part of me was like, "You're an adult. This is real life. Like your parents can't always take care of you. You've got to make some hard decisions." Yeah. So I just picked up and left. Wow. Right on. Good for you. I didn't even know my head from a hole in the ground when I was 20. Like, that's nuts. So then what happened? California just arrived. You're here. Would you get a job at Disney World, right? Disneyland? <laughs> yeah. That's the dream. That is the dream. Um, well, no. I sat on the couch and went to the beach a lot the first week mm, yes a true millennial coming out there. yeah right? absolutely no. yeah. yeah i was like <laughs> worst episode ever <laughs> and that's it thanks for coming joy <laughs> i think i had about 700 dollars in my savings account and i was like i wasn't paying any expenses living with my brother mm-hmm. at the time like my sister-in-law we went to costco and she's like all right get what you want so it's like okay this this is good for now mm-hmm. and then quickly i was like i have to get a job i have to do something with my life what why am i sitting here yeah um and so i started applying for jobs and i found one that just sounded cool and i walked into the interview and they hired me on the spot and i started the next day um it was a workforce contingency i don't even know if that's the right terminology anymore basically like 
an overglorified human resources company. Mm. And so that was your first taste of like working world post but, but you didn't even have to work. Your uh, sister-in-law could have just taken care of you like mom and you would have been good, right? Except yeah. I don't, I never had that mentality. No. Yeah. Entrepreneurship degree. Yeah. You need, you need to go build something. Okay. Yeah. And I don't, I'd, I'd say probably around the age, like 15 or 16, I'd say I started taking care of myself. It's when I first got a job. Yeah. And I was like, I was making my own way, getting a job, paying for my own clothes, paying for whatever food I wanted outside of the house. So Right. When you're 15 of, or 16? Yeah. That's crazy. I know 30-year-olds that don't pay for their own things. Well, I'm, I'm number, child number five out of six. So yeah. at about five, they were like, they kind of gave up a little bit. Did you grow up in a big family, Bobby? Uh, two siblings. Yeah. No. Yeah, See, no. I only have six one sister. Rough. Yeah. Second last. Yeah. So by that time, all the hand-me-downs are pretty torn up. Yeah. It was kind of like, fend for yourself. Yeah. 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 Well, you, you're lucky to be in a house with a roof on. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty much the Fair yeah. enough, verbatim. Man. You, you, yeah. f- you fight for food, otherwise you get none. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's where you got that fighting spirit? That kind of, I've got to do this for myself or no one's going to do it for me? Probably. I think it's also just, I was born with it a little bit. Sure. My mom likes to tell me that by the time I could walk, I was sleeping by myself. I was like, nope, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to sleep with anybody. Like, hmm. No need to tuck me in. I'm all right. Interesting. So I think I was, it's almost just part of me Interesting. a little bit. Cool. So that whole California experience, um, you, you, you were there for how long? I was there for about a year minus two days. Okay. And what do you think like the, the one thing that instilled with you? Because a lot of the, okay, now what moments, there's always something left behind, right? Something that like defines you or changes you or, you know, kind of smooths out the stone, as I call it. Like, if you think of yourself as, like, we all come into this world as a really rough piece of rock or, or what have you, and as time goes by, your experiences smooth you out. You know, what, what do you think it was, that, that piece that, that you helped smooth you out through that entire thing? What do you think it was that you left with? I spent about six months severely depressed that I was there. Yeah. Um, I left my family behind. My cousin had passed away while I was there, and so I wasn't home. And I was basically raising my six-year-old nephew. I think he was five at the time. Yeah. My five-year-old nephew. So a lot of my time was spent getting, like, trying to get out of work to make sure I had to pick. I picked him up from school on time or making sure I was home on the weekend. So I didn't really have a lot of opportunity to be flexible and grow as a freshly 21-year-old that had friends. It was a lot of just making sure that everyone else was taken care of, which was rough. And I think that that point, after a year, I was like, all right, I'm out. Like, I need to do something for myself. Hmm. And so that, that okay, now what moment was like, okay, now why are you taking care of everybody else but yourself? It's time to be a little selfish. Yeah, but what does selfish look like, right? At the time, it was uh, booking a month-long trip to Europe and not telling anybody about it and quitting my job. By yourself? Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> the, oh, Jesus. I would never do that. Like As a male, I would never do that. I'd be afraid that I'd get sold into... Well, I was by myself for like two days. And then I met up with a group of like... I think there was 30 of us or so. Oh, Contigo. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Con- yeah, it was Contiki, but I was... Contiki, yeah. I was... Um, you're still by yourself. I mean, you're with 30 strangers. Yeah, sure. And like, everyone... There was only two of 
two other people from the United States. So everyone was either from Australia or China or Japan or New Zealand, and it was like you just really dove into something new. Any European uh, Kentucky uh, romances there? Or <laughs> I feel like that's something that happens. Like you get. I don't even year. know what we're talking about. You zoned out. You no, totally no, no, no. I, I don't even know. Like, Kentucky, I don't even know what that a, means. It's a travel It's a travel company okay. where basically, like, you book a trip and they, like, you just pay for it. And they take care oh. of accommodations, okay. hotels, food, like, all of the things. Uh, so, like, I, for I, I met Shana beings. when I was 19. Yeah. Right. And then off. you just... And then, then we became old. <laughs> so... I just relate with the oldness thing that and you they, said. They nothing have else. trips for older people. Yeah. The idea but we weren't older like, people. We were, we were 19. The, the idea is that let us take the stress of travel off of your plate and let's do it with 20 other losers. And get super trashed every <laughs> night. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's cool. Good for you. No, so you kind of avoided the question, though. Like, did you, was there any European loves? or There was a lot of amazing friendships. Oh. <laughs> I won't get into it, but there was Good a... Good for you. There was a, I have a lot of friends still, and we yep. talk all the time. And That's great. That's something that not everybody gets to say. Yeah, I remember watching... So that's one thing that I, I... I don't have a lot of regrets in my life, but I, there is one thing that I do wish I would have done, which is I wish I would have gone over and traveled more when I was young. Because Brittany, sorry if you're listening. <laughs> no, no, she's not a regret. <laughs> no, I, I mean like the uh, the one thing I watched my cousin uh, do. He, he actually a couple of my cousins they all went over there together and traveled together around Australia and went went to Thailand and Singapore and all these incredible places together. And I didn't. I decided I wanted to run a nightclub and be a party animal and all this crap. Sounds fun. Yeah. Well, I, the, my thing is, I'm jealous of the friendships that they did build and the memories they built on those trips. So, but yeah, no, that's great. That's really cool. So yeah. So that now from that, what did you what did you collect from the European experience? A lot of. Um I don't even know the right terminology. I am not scared of a lot of things anymore. Interesting. When you have to <laughs> fly to London by yourself and figure out how to get to your hotel. Granted, they speak English, but the roads are backwards. You don't know how the taxi system works. Having to navigate a very foreign city by yourself. And At then 20? I was 20. I, had, I literally got on the plane on my 21st birthday. Oh, my No, God. 22nd birthday. Yeah, you're still a kid. Birthday. You don't have a clue. Yeah. No, it was terrifying. I was on the nine-hour flight to London from L.A., and I was... Instantly regretted everything I was doing. I was like, "Why am wow. I doing this? What am I going to do? How do I get? How do I get?" Probably anywhere? in one of those tiny economy seats. And uh, oh, it was brutal. I was freezing. Freaking oh. out. Yeah, it was nine hours of pure hell, and they didn't give you food. It was just. I was like, "This is it. No this food. Is, this is the end. This is how I die. I'm going back home. Like I can't do it." <laughs> and then you get there, and they yeah, they speak English, but it's like it's some weird English. Yeah, I think I hey, cried <laughs> in the that's train. The Queen's station. English. Show some respect for the Queen's <laughs> English. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. That's cool. Right on. So Europe's done. It's time to get back to life and get back to America, the motherland. Then what? I flew back home and I always swore to myself I'd never live with my parents again. So I think I was there for all of a week mm-hmm. before I found in a In New place. Jersey? No, here. Oh, in Texas. Sorry. Yeah. I think I was there for all of a week before I found a place to live. Didn't put much thought into it. I had a friend from high school and college that was like, I want a roommate. What do you want to do? And I was like, yep, just tell me where to sign. Like, get me out of here. Yeah. Um, and I think finding a place to live and that stability is the first step to getting 
everything else on track because if you don't have a roof over your head, like it's hard to have something to come back yeah. to. Yeah. What are what are you doing with your life? Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, yeah, whenever anybody ever has like unstable moments or you know moments where you're looking to get support, it's always like, well. What is your home life like? Like, are you, do you have a place to go to? Do you got, like, where are you staying? That's usually like the natural reaction. People are like, oh my God, where are you staying? You yeah. can stay with me. Yeah. Do you want to? I've got a friend. I know a friend who's got a house that you could stay. Like, everybody is always thinking about home. <clears throat> At that point, I had blown through about $8,000 worth of my savings account. So I was probably down about 1500 after <laughs> after Europe. And I was like, well. Six months in Europe? That's Did pretty you say good. six months in Europe? No, only a month. Oh, a month. A month okay. in Europe. A month. Still, a month in Europe, and I mean, that's pretty good. That is really good. You have reinvent- reinvented yourself so many times, um, and I, yeah, that's that's when you interviewed with Mo's team, correct? Mm-hmm. But like, in everything that you're doing, reinvent because you've been so independent, probably because you have that entrepreneurial spirit, reinventing yourself over and over and over again, so many times at such a young age, is is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's awesome and also terrifying. I think I was actually talking to somebody about it the other day, or it could have been myself. And I was like, <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to nail down who you are when you've changed so many times. Like, yeah. I was telling somebody I've lived, I haven't lived in a place for more than a year since I was in college. I mean, even in college, I was in a dorm for a year, then I was in an apartment for a year, then I was in another apartment for a year, sure. then I moved to California, then I moved back. And so this is the longest I've been anywhere since 2013. Yeah. Interesting. I, um, I'm curious, out of all of that, you know, Jersey, Texas, Texas to University of North Texas, three years, California, California, Europe, Europe, back home, like all of to where you're on this couch now, what do you think is the most defining moment you've ever experienced? in your young life and you know that more are coming, what do you think was the most pivotal moment where you literally sat there and went, okay, I've got to make a choice. Now what? It's so stupid, but I, I think about it all the time. I was 17, I think, and it is, it's unrelated and also very related to everything else, but I was pissed because I was on, we call it dance team, not drill team, but I was on drill team, and I didn't get a spot I wanted. I was like, I have the highest kicks. Why am I not in the front row? If I had a dime for every time, <laughs> I was denied because I had the highest kicks. I was like, it was really upsetting. And yeah, so I, I I walked into my coach's office and I was kind of like, what the hell? And she goes, all she said to me was bloom where you're planted. Yeah. And I honestly, on a daily basis, it pops into my head. And I think no matter how many times I've moved or how many places I've been, mm-hmm. I've bloomed where I've been planted because that's all, that was what I, that's what I was told. That's what I needed to do in order to thrive. So, so what leading up to that made it such a defining moment? Yeah, you had the highest kicks, but there had to be more than that. Um, it took a lot to get there at that point. I was denied vigorously the first time I tried out for the team. And I cried in my closet for a for a solid forty eight hours. Denied vigor. What does denied vigorously mean? <laughs> like somebody yelled at and you and if, said, "If you're denied get out of vigorously, how did you get to that point? Like that you were like, I'm going to do this, and then like, no, <laughs> I was denied vigorously one time. My tennis? freshman, no, 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 not tennis. <laughs> um, when I was a freshman in high school, I decided, hey, 
I'm good at sports. I'm doing football. I'm doing track. I'm doing tennis. I'm totally going to do basketball. <laughs> and I went and tried out for basketball, and they, they didn't cut anybody, but they were going to cut me. But I quit <laughs> first. Um, it, basically, I was going to be denied vigorously being on the basketball team. Mm. And I don't think I'm that bad at basketball. I could probably beat Michael. <laughs> um, <laughs> you quit before you got rejected. Um, but... Yeah, I so I understand that, and I that was just me getting my hopes up. And I never tried basketball before that. I was like, I'm good at sports. I'm just going to do that. But what made it such an impactful moment for you? Well, when you're a 15 year old, I was 15. Yeah, when you're a 15 year old girl and you are dealing with the pressures of high school, and I was not a 15 year old yeah, girl. Where to fit in and who your friends are, and you're in a school of 3,000 people. It's a very trying time and literally all of the friends I've ever had since I moved here since I was 10 were trying out and I was like well this is it like this is what this is what you do this is what the cool girls do you know everybody wanted to be a bluebell everyone still wants to be a bluebell I still want to be a bluebell and when you try so hard and you push yourself and you're trying out for I god knows I was probably like six hours or so and you're just you're being Tryouts for six hours? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, yeah. No, people were bringing you food. People had air mattresses and sleeping bags set up. Like, you were napping when you could. Um, I know people that were in relationships shorter than that. <laughs> That's not important. Sorry. <laughs> I'm back, by we're the not, way. We're not talking about you, Michael. We're not talking about you. It's, just, <laughs> it's a long time ago. Anyways, carry on. When you put all of your time and energy into something and that's... Like, that's it. That's all like, That's all you want at that time. Like, you didn't have anything else. You weren't driving yet. You didn't have a job. Like, you had your friends and you had this, and then it gets stripped away from you because you had a different colored piece of paper at the end of those six hours. It's like your heart was torn out of your chest and just eaten by wolves. Like, that's honestly what it felt like. Like, that pure rejection at such a young age is very difficult to deal with. So I cried in my closet for two days. You, so you learned rejection... Very early. That's something that not a lot of millennials, and I'm a millennial myself too, um, don't don't get very early in life. There's all these participation awards, but very early on, you learned you're not going to win everything. You're not going to just get a participation trophy. You got a hard no. Yeah. You're not good enough to do this. Yeah. What did you do after that? Like, what can like all all these kids that we think are the millennial generation pampered? They give everything. How, how do you actually respond in that moment? Well, legitimately cried in my closet for two days. Um, but after that moment of, you know, all of, I think all, um, my very best friend, we lived across the street from each other. She made it and I didn't. And I think that was what, was one of the things that really made it difficult was like, not only was I rejected, but I also lost my friend to this organization I wasn't going to be a part of because it literally takes up all of your time. And so after sulking for two days, I kind of, I don't even know what it was. It kind of hit me and I was like, well, I'm going to get better. Wouldn't it like no matter what it takes and I'll do it again next year. Despite my mother saying, you know, you don't have to do it. It's not important. It's just a dance team. Like it's costs a lot of money. Um, And none of my siblings were really into sports or anything of organized activities. So they didn't get it either. Um, But after that moment, I was like, well, mom. I'm signing up for these very extensive dance classes. You're going to have to pay for them and drive me there all of the time. And she kind of was like, all right, well, let's do it. So I did it for that next year and then tried out again and made it. 
How many dance classes? Um, I, <laughs> it was a lot. I did ballet a few hours a week. I did different um, jazz classes, lyrical classes, hip-hop classes. Like, I was probably in and out at least 10 hours a week yeah. after school. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So that, was, that would have been like 10 months before the next tryout, right? Just about, yeah. Wow. So you took you took that rejection and you turned it into resolve and then you committed yourself to changing the outcome in the future no matter what it took and you did. Um, a lot of people would just give up right there. And like, you know, this isn't for me. Like I did. Basketball. You know, this wasn't for me. Granted, I didn't I didn't like that wasn't something that I was like, I want this that bad. But still, most people will walk into a situation like that and say they want it, get rejected. And just take that as truth. But I, I have a question about that. So, like, would you would you say that the drive that you have obtained now and that you carry yourself with from that moment was it more about like the chip on the shoulder that you achieved from the no, or was it more about that bl- bloom where you're planted that made you find resolve? I think I had to prove. I think I w- I'm I'm an achiever by nature. Mm-hmm. So I think that I needed to prove to myself that I could do it. And what's the saying? Insanity is doing the same thing over again and thinking you're going to get and different results. And expecting a different result. Yeah. 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 So if I, like, I knew, even without knowing the quote at the time, I knew that if I was just going to sit there and sulk about it, I wasn't going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I applied myself to do something more to get where I wanted to be. So then... It's funny because you almost think of like how this whole this map your brain because after that like that's the thing from the most traumatic incidents that go on in people's lives that map what the brain maps is really how you respond in future in kind right and so I I would venture to guess that, that your engagement with okay I could give up or not and you chose not to and then your accomplishment and so when did bloom when you where your plan to come in during you doing the dance classes or was it when you got accepted it was after i was accepted yeah so and then so that right there was that recognition that 10 months of work paid off with bloom where you're planted and so that you would almost think that 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 mapping that your brain did said i got the hard stop for me emotionally that was like you're not good enough I then applied instead of saying no, and my result was the that when I realized that all that hard work had paid off because someone looked at me and validated. And you know what that also comes around to also um, the you know blooming where you're planted. You may be planted in a very uncomfortable situation, and you did that. You you put yourself in very uncomfortable situations to get to a place where you could actually bloom. Um, and you had to break through concrete. You had to break through whatever it was, whatever those barriers were, to get to the place where you were going to achieve that goal. You were going to achieve it because you got uncomfortable. Um, and I think that also, you know, rings true throughout everything that you've done is making uncomfortable decisions that every other person your age is not making. Yeah. To get to a place where you even said it after you got back from uh, from Europe, you are not uncomfortable in any situation. I would say that's true. It's very, I use Europe a lot. I'm like, look, you got on a train in Germany and you had no idea what was happening and you made it to the right place. Like, 
you can do anything. But how much yeah. did you grow from that? <laughs> a lot. And it's a scary thing to be unfamiliar in a different town, let alone a different country on a different mm-hmm. continent. Without like, cell service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, and you don't speak the language. That's super intimidating at such a young age when you don't have a lot of world experience, right? Exposing but, yourself to that. Yeah, and doing it over and over and over again. Like you just said that you've had no real consistency until recently in your life because you've been going from situation to situation. Granted, is you're not old by any means. <laughs> um, but in doing something brand new, something that was a little bit more com- uncomfortable that was going to help you grow in some way, not maybe necessarily on purpose where you're trying to grow in a, in a specific way, but you'd put yourself in that situation. It's almost like you're attracted to those uncomfortable situations that are going to help you become, uh, grow closer to the person that you want to be. Yeah. I never thought of that, but I think that that's probably very true. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I do. The friction and the smooth, <laughs> the, the friction that from, that causes the stone to smooth, right? Like that's exactly yeah. back to the beginning. Yeah. If you if you're 100%. going to smooth out a rock, the rock's going to be very uncomfortable because you're going to be rubbing it a lot. Yeah, but that's the thing. Thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, that's like Tommy Boy when he's like, I could get a good uh, look at a steak by <laughs> sticking my head up a bull's ass, but I and you're like, whoa, everybody, what? that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I use that analogy uh, when I like try to explain like you have to go through these trials and tribulations when I do like if I'm coaching or mentoring or whatever and it's like you have to go through these trials and tribulations but here's where it gets like super interesting for me because I think too much about this stuff but you know if you think of yourself as a rock in the river that's got a lot of coarse edges on it and the river itself represents life that the, you're going to have higher volumes and more speed and what have you. And as the more water goes over you, you become more smooth. But the question is, is life about the smoothness that the stone becomes at the end? Or is it the debris, the debris down the river that is taken off of your rock that actually represents what life is? Or is it the journey down the river as a rock? Ooh. Booyah. <laughs> Mic drop. Well, that's good. So here's the thing. I appreciate you sharing all that stuff, right? Because one of the things that Bobby and I wanted to do this for is like, these are moments that everybody experiences. And the okay now what moments aren't about, oh my God, I went bankrupt and lost my house. Or, uh, you know, I... That is an okay now what moment. Right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Or, or I was, I was, you know, a, yeah, a billionaire and now I'm not, or I was a CEO of, yeah, or I was a CEO of a major corporation. It's not just about that, right? It's about finding relatable communication from people that are every day and talking about like moments where that were so impactful to them, they completely changed the script and you've got so much more life ahead of you. Um, it hasn't even begun, but these are moments that have defined you up to this point that carry you on to who you are. And every person you talk to is impacted by that moment at 17 when you were told no, you powered through and decided to persevere and then were told yes. And that's a big deal. So now like, let's, uh, if we unpack that. So when it comes to, okay, now what moments, like when you're sitting there at a defining moment, what is it ultimately now, what do you take and how, what kind of information do you share with people that, that you that can fight in you because I know people come to you. I know that they, you have a trusting soul, and people are like, "I'm going to talk to Joy, and she's going to fix this." How do you carry on? What advice do you give? What is something that you're like? This is my my pillar, my cornerstone of advice. It's cliche, I will admit, but my best friend came to me today. Actually, speaking of, and I literally said verbatim, "I was like, just do it. Just have the hard conversation. Just." Say what you need to say and get it over with. Like either 
this is going to happen or this is going to happen. But it's just about it's just about doing it. Yeah. It's about getting on the plane. It's about booking the trip or turning down a job. You you have to get uncomfortable in those situations too. Yeah. Yeah, when you have that okay now what moment, you you just you have to do it. Those just do it situations are the epitome of uncomfortable. You're not doing it because you're uncomfortable to do it. Yeah. Otherwise you would just do it if it was comfortable. And everybody would be would be that way and then, you know, there would be no defining moments. Everybody would just be living life to the fullest like they're mm-hmm. supposed to. Yeah. No, that's great. You know, that you are probably you are the third person that has said that on our show. Same thing. All people that have experienced mm-hmm. different things in life at different moments, but when we ask them like what is that defining moment that inspires you or keeps you motivating or or, or that you give to people, just do it. And you know what? Honestly, I think you could take that just do it attitude and push it back to that moment where your uh, coach said bloom where you're planted because there are a lot of people where they're comfortable, like they, they don't really want to bloom because they're comfortable just being just a, a sapling or whatever, yeah. just a seed. I don't <laughs> yeah. even know what I'm talking about. Um, but to actually bloom, you have to do it. You have to take the initiative to grow, to, to burst through, to, um, to take that moment and, and strive to be something greater than what you are, even if you're in the most uncomfortable situation in the world, to grow. Yeah. Um, I think it all goes back to that, definitely. Yeah, because if you think about it, you know, there's a, uh, that's why I love about statements like that is there's so many different ways that you can perceive them, but generally they all lead to a very positive outcome or communication. And in that, like, I think about that and I'm like, bloom where you're planted can be perceived as like, just stay where you are and you'll be fine. But the reality, like when I hear that, I'm like, bloom where you're planted means like with, with the, the consequences or the circumstances that you've been given, make something amazing, grow out of that circumstance and don't dwell, right? Become an incredible growing entity in, in the hardness that you've been, you've been given and don't just sit there and become stagnant, bloom, grow you know, become something amazing, don't dwell, right? I also fear monotony on a daily basis, whether it's in my job or my life, hence why I've moved 17 times. Um, (laughs) Where does that come from? I don't know. Um, The fearing of monotony is, uh, if monotony tends to breed being comfortable. Like if you're comfortable, you tend to lead a monotonous life. A lot of people do. Comfort. And I think... You're striving for that uncomfortable, which the to the 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 path to 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 growth and the path to mastery and anything that you're doing, and even if it's just if it's just mastery of who you want to be in life, is always about making that uncomfortable. There was these stories about these people who you know you could just be completely comfortable with your basketball game, which I am completely comfortable with my <laughs> basketball game. We've established this, um, but the people that want to get really good at shooting free throws. They, they get really good at, you know, just shooting the free throws the regular way. And then they have to, if they change the way they're doing it to make it slightly uncomfortable, they get even better. They grow a little bit more. They get closer to mastery. And I think that every time you felt yourself getting comfortable with what's happening right now, you, you have this desire to, to shift to get closer to the goals that you have in life. It's, it's funny because the same, it goes for even something as simple as your job. Mm-hmm. Like, if you find yourself, me specifically, if I, I found myself in multiple jobs where I was doing the same thing every day, I knew what to expect. And then with the Moats team, shout out to Bobby, I actually found something that was so different every day. Like 
I, on a daily basis, I'm throwing something new, and that is where I've, <laughs> I've grown. Is I, I don't feel bad about it anymore. <laughs> no, don't. Bobby comes and he just drops <laughs> bombs with new projects. That's that's what uh, that's what I get. And I've Joy's like, I love that. that. <laughs> that's but you know what that is? That's called seagull management. Because you fly in, no. you shit on everything, <laughs> no. and then you fly out. It, <laughs> I've that's I've learned to just grow around that and just kind of like that is mm. my that's my soil. Right. You know? Bobby is my soil. Just trying to keep it uncomfortable. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's honestly that's why I left California is I was I found myself in a job where I was like, I don't, I don't know where I'm going from here. I don't think that I could do something different that I'd actually enjoy in this place. So I'm, I'm just going to get out. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. Awesome. Interesting stuff, man. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. I love unpacking things like that. Like, um, you, you're, I would venture to guess that you don't like monotony because of that exact same moment too. That like being there standing still, you learn that, by not standing still, you achieve great things. You achieve what you wanted. And that life lesson at such a young age when you're, I mean, our brains don't fully develop. I always say this to like, I think it's like early 20s, 23 or something like that. So like to, to, to be in a, like a place where you can learn something so influential at such a young age, uh, I, I would venture to guess, yeah, that, yeah. That, that led you to a place where you're like, I don't like being monotonous or stagnant because that was a time when I realized pain and now i also i know now when i keep moving and when i do and i just do it then um i feel success yeah that's awesome i think uh i think we've uh established joy as the voice of change for a generation (laughs) and this is the beginning this yeah. is the beginning. Mark this moment today. This is where she she goes out and uh, Super Bowl commercial. Yep, and <laughs> I am uh, Beyonce. Creates we will a start a go creates a following of millennials who need to get uncomfortable. Yes, I think that's a huge issue. Honestly, we won't dive into it unless <clears throat> you want to. But no, you're gonna write a book. Don't don't give it all away. <laughs> you're gonna write a book and have a following, and it's gonna be great. It is one yeah. of my dreams to write a book, actually. And then Michael and I are gonna be the. Co-illustrators? No, yes. What kind of book do you want to write? We can, I can draw book? pictures. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're going to be the ones that, that found the amazing Joy Powell. Yeah. She was nothing until she came on the OK Now What show as the second guest And ever. established the movement. Accurate, yeah. accurate. The, the, fir- the, the first two-time guest on the OK Now What show. Absolutely. Oh, Talking funny. about the same thing. <laughs> Anyways. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I mean, we I don't even know how long we, we've got there. I could probably check, but um, that's awesome. I think uh, you've got a really great grasp right now foundationally yeah. on on uh, what it takes to be successful. I think as well, like moments are always going to rise. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they do nothing. When those things happen, monotony, being afraid of that is really a great thing to have in your toolbox. It can be disastrous for a lot of reasons, but it can be super, super amazing because uh, when you are uncomfortable around being comfortable that's when things start to happen. That's when you start yeah. to get and receive what, what you deserve. And uh, good for you for having that. And I think now because you do have that, I think you've got a really big amount of success coming your way for sure. Absolutely. Thanks. Cool. Absolutely. Well, let's unpack a awesome. couple of different personal things now. So <laughs> here we're back from the hiatus, Bobby. Like we, we took a month off because I was on paternity leave. Yep. Right? Congrats. We had a, ba- a lot Two of shit happened. Off. So, yeah. okay, in the last like month and a half, 
had a baby. Yep. Right? Michael himself had the baby. I had the baby. I feel great. <laughs> I look good. You look fantastic. I'm two pounds away from, po- from pregnancy weight. Post pre- or pre-pregnancy pre- pre- pre-pregnancy. Nice. During, during pregnancy weight. Nice. Uh, two pounds away from getting back there, which was really good. Oh, awesome. I sleep like a rock. Keto yeah. diet does it. Yeah. <laughs> Intermittent fasting. It's my, uh-huh. it's my jam this, okay. month, this, this last two months. <laughs> Started the brewery. Which yep. is awesome. Balzac Craft Brewing Company is up and moving and going, which is... It's an unfortunate name. <laughs> Bobby has been <laughs> busting, my, busting my balls about this name thing. He thinks he's funny. He the Balzac Brewery? Yeah, the yeah. Balzac Brewery. Yeah. You know what's great, though, is I, I love that because, look, th- how many Balzac breweries are out there? And everybody, <laughs> and everybody starts poking at it, and it's great because... Pun intended. That is the... Go follow Balzac Brewery on Instagram. Balzac Brewing Company Z, on Instagram. With the Z. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's put that out there. Well, the and uh, the great thing is I've, I've been around my whole life. I did grow up in Balzac, Alberta. B-A-L-Z-A-C, Alberta. And you look it up, how many Balzac Brewing Companies are out there? Zero. Zero. Because no one wanted to name their brewery after It was that. in... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's the great thing about it. The connotation is real and everybody knows it. And it's, it's awesome. I love it. I get a kick out of it because it's the first thing. I, everyone's like, so what's the name of your brewery? And I, I don't even start with the name. I go, okay, well, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately explain it before yeah, you say it. Yeah. So there was this, there was this really famous French author. And anyways, yeah, okay. but yeah, so start, started, the, started so the brewery. Started the brewery. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? I mean. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. You had a kid. Yeah. And helped your father start a brewery. Yeah. In, the, in, in the, Canada in from Canada. a thousand miles away. Yeah. That was good. Um, and then uh, one of the companies that I was previously with that I was fortunate to be yeah. a part of just sold. And uh, we were blessed to have shares in that company. So, so Michael so, is a millionaire now. So I, I'm not, I'm nope. definitely not that. But nope. uh, you know, I went out to went out to Sizzler after, which was lovely. Olive Did Garden. Did you get lobster and steak? No, I'm not rich. Mm. I said I got, <laughs> I had some shares. Uh, joy, <laughs> See, we don't make Joy Powell money, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but uh, yeah, and then you know we just kind of. Still pumping content out for the for the podcast just to keep everybody in the know that we are yes. here. So uh, shout out to Michael on all the great content he's been putting on Instagram. I've been really slacking with that, yeah, um, because my life has been crazy and involving little to no sleep. Yeah, Bobby has had to travel. He just got back from the polar vortex up in Philadelphia yep. for the second time this year. Yeah, you get screwed on that. I know. I told Bobby while he was sitting there stuck in an airport, I was like, "You did something wrong." Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it was your fault. Yeah, for sure. somebody is angry at you. The, the airplane gods. Because I've got another friend of mine that uh, I used to work with, and. I, I kid you not, every time he travels, his flight gets delayed. And at first it was like this, ah, oh, that's too bad. I have yet to find a time where he has flown that he has not texted a picture of his flight being delayed by at least two to three hours. Every single time. He's oh, obviously man. flying to the wrong place. Just get there late. Yeah, he flies to Maine. He flies out to Oh, that's why. The East Coast is worst. Yeah, horrible. So, so yeah, that's what I'm, Bobby, what, what else has been going on like the last month and a bit? For me, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. it's just shakeups. Uh, yeah, I've just been all over the place. Yeah, yeah. You, I have your been, company had a huge shakeup. That's right. Yep, yep. Um, we yes. don't need to get into yeah, details, yes. but yes, from <laughs> an outside looking in, yep, company um, had a big shakeup. Yeah, but I, I know I've just been sitting around waiting for for you to get back from paternity leave. But you know, we paid you so well Complete to bullshit. to take paternity leave that. Yeah. 
Uh, you just <clears throat> kind of took advantage of that the whole time. Yeah. So, you know, now we're back. This is usually where we wrap up and we put in uh, people I'm proud of. Um, and we had some good people last time. Yeah, yeah. So if you watch the live stream, yeah, You're that welcome. was good. Yep, those were good. Those but. were good. And actually, my person I'm proud of is actually the same person I was proud of then because I'm even more proud of her now. Elaborate, please, do you? So does that mean I'm going to go first? Yeah, go yeah. While you guys think of yeah, who the hell absolutely. it is that you're going to yep, say? Yep. Okay, my person I'm proud of for uh, this episode is my sister. Um, you know, like I said, my sister is an amazing woman for so many reasons. You talk about, okay, now what moments? My sister had a brain aneurysm uh, while she was working out and, yeah, it collapsed, uh, was brought back to life, coded twice in the hospital, um, unbelievable amounts of just like situations that people do not survive or live through. And um, she survived. She was part of a medical miracle situation. And we are extremely grateful and blessed that it is the way that it is. To, that was years ago. And today, like you would have no idea because my sister made goals for herself and what have you. Long story short, made a complete full recovery. You would have no idea anything ever happened. And she's an amazing person. Um, but she was unfortunately uh, part of the downturn that is going on in Canada in the oil and gas sector. Um, she also, I think, to be perfectly honest, was a victim of uh, a masculine uh, industry that fails to recognize the power of women. And so I definitely feel like she was held back by leaders for the companies that she was with because she was a woman, not because she was underqualified, because she is one of the best geologists, if not the best geologist that's in Canada. Where I'm going with this is that she was part of a downturn. She was uh, uh, laid off uh, last year uh, in the middle of the year. And someone of her qualifications and experience would be given an opportunity to get back in, but unfortunately it's so bad that she couldn't get back in. She's made a choice to completely reinvent herself now. She's made a choice not to necessarily go back to oil and gas. There's a million things that she wants to do. Um, and she is investing fully into that success of, of herself and reinventing herself. And she's, my sister's 40 years old and they've got two little ones, but um, she's such a powerful person that I know for a fact that she is going to be a phenomenal success. Um, and she's an inspiring woman and I am truly blessed to be related to her. So I am very, very, very proud of her. So That was really sweet. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so that is my person I'm proud of is my sister. Cool. I've got two. Bobby, you go. They're pretty quick and easy. Um, both my girls. Oh. Aww. Yeah. Uh, so Isabella, over the holidays, went to ski school and completely crushed it <laughs> one day. Absolutely loved it. And uh, was wanting to go up on the slopes at the end of the day. Granted, they closed the, the, they closed the slopes for only one day, but completely crushed it with other kids who were just crying and they're like four days in. Um, and it was freezing cold. I was crying because I was freezing cold. She was like, Dad, let's go. And she's she's six. So yeah. that, that was younger than me when I first started skiing. So yeah. that, that, that was proud of her. Um, then Josephine, my two, almost three-year-old, um, has been crushing mostly potty training. Oh, oh that's Mic's it. drop. Yeah. yeah. Talk about bloom where you're planted. Yeah, yep. don't even talk yep. to me anymore. Getting yeah. very uncomfortable with the idea of no diapers. Yeah. Let's wake up Josie um, and bring her Having on. a few issues, but seriously, she's been she's been going to preschool and not having accidents, which is 
pretty pretty that's big deal. Cool. Well, you don't want to take it public, right? Pretty big deal. I mean, that's just it. Yeah. Leave yeah. your dirty yeah. no, business she, she, at home. Yeah, that's yeah. what she does. It's yeah. true. She does that. That's but, good. She's a trailblazer. Um, that's good. And then proud of Shana. She's uh, don't yeah. steal mine. Shana so, was going to be mine. Okay. Yeah, well, sh- shut up, Bobby. Just because I've been gone so much and she's been taking care of the girls, but okay. Good joy. Oh, okay, my turn. Um, Wait, I, I want to do Shana too. That's awesome. No, she, yes, I'm off, super proud Michael. of her. Okay, go ahead. Um, I do, I do want to say that I'm super proud of Shana. Actually, I ran through a lot of people in my head, but she not only has Bobby been an absent husband and father in Philadelphia, delayed. Oh. <laughs> All right, just let's just He's calm great. it down He's here. Great. All right, we're now all tra- we feel bad. Now we're, we're all trying to bloom where we're planted. Let's just relax. She is uh, the before I was hired. I think there was no the day she hired me. She asked me what my five year goal was, and I told her I wanted to be her. Wow! And I accomplished that. Not literally. I have a long ways to go, but I did take over her job after a year. Yeah. Um, and regardless of me taking over some, not most or all of her duties, she's still there for me every day. She still takes care of her and Bobby's daughters. She still goes to clients' houses and meets with them and does walkthroughs at 4 p.m. and still manages to do her life. And she's got a group coaching for KW coming up and all of these amazing things, and she just walks in every day, and it's like nothing faces her. Crushes life. Yep, crushes life, and I aspire to be her. Well, that's great. That's really, really great. Shana is awesome. She's a she very is. inspiring person to be around. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Joy, for coming back. We appreciate your patience so much for this eh. whole stupid audio thing. I like God, being famous. When so I texted her and said the audio was messed up, she sent me some like a bunch of obscene text messages. Swear words. Yeah. I, I think I did, like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. This was good too. Yeah, um, yeah. Just as good, even better. Uh, and, and it included, you know, your first glass of red wine in a long time. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. After you're a welcome. month of not drinking yep, or exactly. eating real food, you're going to be wasted now. No. <laughs> awesome. Right. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Joy. And yes. uh, that'll wrap us up. And uh, feel free to come back. Like Anytime, a long time from now. Can I though? be a guest Go host? Guest yeah. host. Yeah. We got a, we got another mic. We yeah. need to bring on some other yeah. people. And with, then, yeah, absolutely. With You'd, as delinquent and gone as Bobby is, yep. I think we'll probably need another. I was going to say you, but yeah, either oh. one, either one of you. Is uh, <laughs> replace me. Damn it. <laughs> hard that's just cold she's gonna be the voice of a generation You're so right. we need to make sure that she's on as much as possible so we get yeah. the credit that's there accurate. You go. Yeah. booyah get the millennials <laughs> love it you're in the forward of my book boom boom awesome all right guys thanks so much joy and uh yeah bobby you want to take us out yeah awesome this was this was really great thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the okay now what show uh we know it was a repeat if you watched the live stream previously and uh we messed up the audio the first time but this one is great so thank you so much for being here with us we learned um a lot from joy and about getting uncomfortable and learning about how she is going to be the voice of a generation giddy up follow us on facebook and instagram thank you